You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I'm so glad to be seated next to you. You look so beautiful. If he's handsome, don't tell him beautiful, okay? <laughs> Amen. Glory, glory, glory. God is good. Yeah, how many people have been, um, since last week, seeking to know God? Yeah, seeking to know Him fully. Have you had time to listen to that message again? Uh, sure. Even I listened to it. And I was listening to it this morning, just before coming into the service. And I'm saying, Lord, help us. We really want to know you. Yeah. Mm. We want to really experience you. I don't know if that's your desire, but to be honest, that is my desire for every one of you. Amen. That it will not just be what people say about God. Yeah. You can say, I have my own experience. Yes. Okay? Yes. Yeah, because... God does not, he's not the one that determines our level of intimacy with him. He's not the one. We are the ones. We are the ones that determine how close we want to be. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He has done everything to remove the barrier, the limitations. So far as God is concerned, from his side, the only limitation is you. I'm serious. The only limitation is you. In times past, people desired to get closer, but there was a limit. They couldn't go beyond a certain point. But now, Jesus has made a way. Jesus has made a way for us. So we can go right in. Yes? You like that? Amen. I remember a scripture in Hebrews. When um, the writer of Hebrews, there have been many debates about who the author of Hebrews is. But let me tell you. Because other books, there was like we are told clearly. But the book of Hebrews is one of the books that it's not very obvious. But I'll tell you. Do you want to know? Yes. <laughs> the author of Hebrews is Paul. You say, how do you know? How do you know it's Paul? And you know how I know? I know because there's a man of God, Kenneth Hagin. One of the times that Jesus came to him and was talking to him, he asked Jesus, who wrote the book of Hebrews? And Jesus said, it's Paul. <laughs> you see? So when you know him that closely, you can ask him some questions about the scriptures. Rather than depend on some smart guys. <laughs> yeah, if you would laugh if I tell you some of the ideas as to who wrote Hebrews. 
But the Lord himself said, no, it's Paul. So that's how come I know that it is Paul. Because the head of the church himself told him. Mm. <laughs> Can you argue with that? No. Yeah. Because all the other writings of Paul, he used to put his signature on it. But Hebrew, he didn't put any signature. I guess it's for a reason. Okay? So in the book of Hebrews, he says that there is, by a new and living way, we enter into the holy place. Hmm? We enter into the holy place by a new and living way. So Jesus has made the way. It's a new and it is a living way. That we are able to enter right behind the veil. By his own personal consecration. He made a way for us. We call him way maker. But a lot of times when we, when we sing songs about Waymaker, we only think about how he makes way for us in life. Huh? But do you think about how he has made a way for you to know God? Hmm? You think about that. When you sing those kind of songs, also remember the fact that he has made a way for you to know God. To know God as you should. Look at verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. He says, let us do what? Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Okay? So you see here he says we should, it says uh, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, what does he mean to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus? In those days, remember in the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of Moses had three compartments. Okay? Three compartments. There's the holy, the outer court. So when as they were traveling in the wilderness, they had this tent called the tabernacle. That's where they used to have sacrifices and so on. And God gave Moses the blueprint of the tabernacle. And where did Moses see it? It was in heaven. He says, see that you construct this tabernacle according to the pattern that I've shown you in heaven. Okay, so the tabernacle, when you get to heaven, you will see the original of the tabernacle of Moses. Because God showed him in heaven and then said, I want you to replicate it on earth. Replicate it on earth. So when he says that um, we, we, we are able to go into the holiest, yes, 
In verse 20, in verse 19, I'm back in 19, okay? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest. The holiest is the third compartment. So the first compartment is the outer court. Then there is the holy place. Then there is the holy of holies. That's the holiest. And not everybody could enter the holy of holies. Only the high priest could enter the holy of holies. If any other person entered the holy of holies, they would die. They would die. So the rest of Israel could hang around the outer court. Because the outer court, that's where they kill the animals, the sacrifices, there's a, they, they, there's a brazen altar there, there's, there's the, 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 the basin, the, the liver, where they wash the, the sacrifice and so on. And then the holy place is where the candlestick is, and that's where they put this, the table of shoe bread, and then the lamp, the candles are burning 24-7 there. But God is saying in Hebrews, he's telling us, now we have boldness. Can you see? Boldness to enter where? The holiest. That's the inner chamber. That's the place of ultimate intimacy. Are you getting me? How many people, you go visiting, you go somewhere, you visit somebody, then they just take you straight into their bedroom. How many people? Huh? You don't take people to your bedroom? Why not? It's, it's a holy place. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So when somebody takes you into their bedroom, you know that you are in a particular place in relationship with that person. Am I correct? Not everybody. Every guest that comes come into my bedroom. What? I will suspect you. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's we. Now think about God. Think about God. So God says, no, not everybody can come in to the holiest. Only the high priest. And guess what? There's even a prescribed order in which the high priest could get in there. If he makes any mistake, he drops dead. God kills him. Would you like to relate with God like that? So when the high priest goes in to the holiest, and he could only go there once a year, not every, not every time, on the day of atonement, that's when the high priest can get in to the holy of holies to atone for the sin of the entire Israel. He will offer sacrifices and he will take the blood and put it on the altar. Huh? Between, on the mercy seat, between the cherub. And puts it there and he says, forgive the sin of this entire nation. 
forgave the sin of this entire nation. And then, and only then, the sins of the nation are forgiven for that year. Until the following year. <laughs> yeah. So, but Jesus came. And now, after Jesus, he says everyone can enter into. My holiest. You have boldness now. In those days, the high priest, when he enters, he, will, he have a, a, a belt around his waist with bells. Cling, 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 cling. So whatever he's doing, they sound. People are outside, they can hear the sound. Cling, 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 cling. So what? Because in case he dies, they can use the, the chain, to the rope to pull him out. Because nobody can go in there to lift him up. That's how serious it was. Hmm? But now, he, that's why he says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest. How? By the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Now you can go into the innermost chamber. The holiest. Where Aaron could not go in anyhow. Do you remember Nadab and Abihu? They died in the presence of God. God's presence killed them. Because they did not go according to the due order. Huh? They offered strange sacrifice and God said, no, no, no. You die. <laughs> sure. So, we have boldness today. You don't need to be afraid. Touch someone. Say, don't be afraid. Yes. He has made a way for you. Let's read on. Let's read the next verse. Verse 20. Come on. It says, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. He consecrated. So now there is a new and living way to know God the way you want. To know God the way you want. So nobody has a right to monitor your relationship with God. Nobody has the capacity to regulate your relationship with God. Jesus has made a way. It's a new and a living way. It's a new way. And this way is alive even to now. That's why he calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to the Father. Amen? Amen. So he consecrated that for us through the veil. That is his flesh. His body was torn, broken. So that you can now know God. Yes? And there are levels of knowing God. Let's read on. Next verse. Come on. And having a high priest over the house of God. Yes? Let us do what? Draw near. Draw near. Are you ready to draw near? Yeah. Or are you satisfied being at a distance? Are you an outer court Christian? A holy place Christian? 
or a holy of holies. Because these are three levels of knowing God. You can know God in the outer court. Where everything. It's interesting, in the outer court, the light is the light of the sun. The light in the outer court. You depend on the sun to see. In the holy place, the light is from the candle. All right? Which speaks of revelation. Speaks of word of God. That's where the table of showbread is. But in the holy of holies, it's a different ball game. What lights the, the holy of holies? The glory. The glory of God. Hallelujah. He says that as truly as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. So we all have been invited into the holiest. To the holy of holies. To know him even more than Aaron knew him. Know the glory even more than Moses knew him. Why? He has made a new way. New and living way. Are you excited about that? Yes. Some of you are going are gonna to see God face to face. Amen. You will see him. You will see him and you will not Amen. die. Amen. Do you understand me? Amen. You will see heaven and you will not die. You will come back to tell the story. He has made a way. This is a new and living way. A new and living way. Yes. So we draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. The water of his word. The water of his word. As the word is coming, the word is washing you. If you're receiving the word, it's washing you. If there are any impurities in your life, they are being washed by the word of God that is coming over you. That's how he sanctifies his church. That's how he prepares his bride. Through the washing of water by the word. Are there not times you come to church, I mean, you feel so messed up. You feel so down. You feel so inferior. You feel so insignificant. You come to church and then the word comes. You feel refreshed. What has happened? You have been washed. Many people are not having enough washing. You see, they're not, they're not sitting under the word long enough to be clean, to feel clean. The, the, Jesus, the Bible tells us in, in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, one of the things when Paul was talking about marriage there, one of the things he says about Christ and the church is that he sanctifies the church by the washing of water, by his word. By his word. That's why husbands, even when you speak to your wife, you need, you need to speak words that will wash your wife. Not, wo not words that will stain your wife. Stain her soul. Hmm? The washing of water by the word. Hallelujah. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. Uh, you, 
It says, husbands love your wives. This is just free, okay? <laughs> yeah. Husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Okay? Learn to give yourself. All right, verse 26. That he might sanctify. Yes? You know the word sanctify means to set apart. To make holy. That he may sanctify and cleanse her. With what? The washing of water by the word. So anytime you open your mouth, it's one criticism after the other. It's one pull down after. No, that's not the washing of water. You need to speak words that will bring out the beauty. Words that will bring out the potential. Do you understand? You need to speak words that will cause the glory that is within her to come out. Yes? Those of you that are not married yet, just store that. Yeah, save it. You'll need it. You'll need it. Because every when you are when you are so judgmental, you will never get the best. You will never get the, the beauty. You will never get the glory. You in fact you will not even see the beauty of your wife. I'm telling you. You won't see it. So he is not like that keeps talking to you. Go read Song of Songs and see how he talks to his bride. That's the washing of water by the word. Glory. Let the sisters say amen. Let the brother say, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. It helps. I'm telling you. It helps. It helps. I started practicing this many years ago. But I used to say it when she's sleeping. Yeah, that's how I started. I'm telling you. She, she doesn't know. I'm just saying it now for the first time. I've told you. Okay. All right. So when she's sleeping, I'll just open the scriptures and I'll begin to say some things over her. Just begin to speak. I speak and I speak. And guess what? All that I spoke, I'm experiencing now. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, you need to come around me. I'll teach you some few things. <laughs> After church, we have an appointment. Every man in the house, don't go back home. We meet. We're going to have lunch together today. And let's talk man to man. Would you like that? Yes. So, this is just a preview. Wives, don't allow them to run away. 
if you want a better husband. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So, knowing God fully, I want you to know that without Jesus, it's impossible. It's impossible to know God. You can never know God without Jesus. How? Where will you start? What will you do? Do you see the confusion in the world today? Hey, it is in a mess. Everybody is trying to figure out God by his thinking. Oh, uh, how, how, how do you know that this is the way? What about this? What about Buddha? What about uh, Hindu? What about this Hindu God? This Hindu God? Are there millions of Hindu gods? How do we know which one is right? What about Islam? I know some good Muslims. It's not about how good you are. Being good does not help you locate the new and living way. You need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody. I'm telling you. We all do. Amen. Where's my Bible? Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So, if we're going to know God fully, we have to come through Jesus. He's the way. He's the one that says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Except by me. No man. Yes. Say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. You see, Jesus is the only one that makes this kind of claim. Nobody else had the guts to make this kind of claim. Your ancestors cannot make this claim. Do you understand? Mary could not make this claim to all the honorable Catholics in the house. Mary needed Jesus. Okay? Mohammed, when he was asked by one of his disciples, what's going to happen to us on the judgment day? You know what Mohammed said? He said, I don't know. Even for myself, I'm not even sure. But if I am allowed to cross, first thing I will do is I'm going to ask about you guys. And now you want to follow that? Nobody. Jesus is the only way through which we can know the Father. You can never know God without Jesus. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. It's still relevant today. Okay? You can never progress beyond Jesus. You can never progress beyond Jesus. So Jesus is our standard. But I have news for you. You can know the Father the way Jesus knew the Father. It depends on your hunger. Many people are not hungry enough to know God. They are okay with religion. They are okay with knowing about God. They are okay with hearing about you know, the, 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 the pastor's experience about God. But they are not concerned about having their own personal experience. Many people are satisfied with knowing the God of their parents. But they are not pressing in to know God for themselves. And that's not okay. We need to know him. Amen? Amen. We need to know him. So, if Jesus is the way, that means when you meet Jesus, you have not arrived. Is that, is that, doesn't it make sense? If you meet Jesus, have you arrived? Uh, okay, I'm on the way to Cape Town. Does that mean I've arrived? I get to the airport. Uh, okay, I'm on my way. So now I start behaving as if I'm in Cape Town. Is that not insane? Huh? That's how we behave. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, um, I know that I'm on the way to Limpopo. Right? And uh, I get to Pretoria. And I start behaving as we have in, in, in Limpopo. <laughs> because I have left Midrand. <laughs> so now I have arrived. Well, what will you call that person? Yeah, you, you need some psychiatric assessment, evaluation, and say, are, are you okay? Why? Because you have just begun. You have not arrived. Okay? So Jesus says, I am the way. It's interesting because even in the tabernacle of Moses, the first compartment is called the way. So when you get into the, to the outer court, that's the way. The, the entrance is called the way. So those guys understood what he was saying. Then the holy place is called the truth. And the holy of holies, the life. You see? So are you going to progress in your walk with him? Or are you satisfied where you are? Just depending on the natural for light. So when the sun is up, oh, there's light. Do you know that the clouds can block the sun? 
There are so many things that can affect that. Or is it in the holy place where the candle and it's, it's covered, it's enclosed. But there's a limit to what you can see with a candle. You know that, right? It's not just being romantic, but you know. <laughs> yeah. There's a limit. But then when you get into the holy of holies and the glory if you have seen the glory before, you know. Huh? There was a time years ago that the glory came into my room. I was sleeping. My eyes were closed. But the glory was brighter than the sun. At night. It was brighter. I don't know how many times brighter. So bright. With my eyes closed. So, when you are in the holiest, the illumination there, oh my. You talk about revelation, it's like, it's like a river. Amen. It's like a river. So, in the outer court, you depend on the natural to know things. You depend on research. You depend on, you know, what you... People, your intellect, you depend on the intellect. That's what people have written. That's all you can depend on for knowledge. And that has its place. But in the holy place, that's where the spirit now begins to illuminate. Okay? But in the most holy is the glory. It is the glory. Let me show you something. Exodus 33. Let's look at Exodus 33 from the life of Moses. How many people want to know God fully? We're still on our quest to know Him fully. We started last week and we're just taking it a step further. Exodus 33 from verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Okay, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I. From all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. And he said, please show me what? Your glory. Then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you. 
and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face you shall, uh, shall not be seen. This was during the time of Moses. There was no new and living way at this time. Jesus had not come. Okay? So Moses was trying to press in to a place where his dispensation was not yet ready for. He had achieved the ultimate level of knowing God that was available to his time. But he wanted to go beyond that. Amazing. He wanted to go beyond that. And God said, no, there's a limit. Because Jesus had not come. Jesus had not made the new and living way. But now there is a new and living way. Isn't that wonderful? That's why Jesus can appear to people today. Yes? That's why he will appear to you sometime. Do you believe that? Only one person says amen to that. Okay. All right, no problem. It's not by force. It's according to your hunger. Yeah. He, he, he can come to you. Yes? Why? There is a new and living way. Do you want to know God like that? I want to. I don't know about you. I want to know him like that. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. Heaven can come here. Now. Yes. So if it's available in heaven, it should be available now in my life. I want to know him. I want to know him intimately. Okay? So what happens? Let's look at, um, I don't know, there's no time to, 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 to go into a lot of details here. But first thing we see here is that Moses is telling the Lord. He says, okay, if I found grace in your sight, what does it mean I found grace in your sight? In other words, I found favor. How many people know that we have favor? We have favor with God. We have found favor. Yes? The righteous, he was surrounded favor like a shield. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Komanim bradakate. Say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you fully. Yes. God told Moses, my presence will go with you. He says, if your presence does not go with us, just leave us here. We don't want to move without your presence. Today, people are not even desirous of God's presence. I'm telling you. 
We just have our plans. God's presence is not part of the plan. So we're not even aware when his presence has lifted. You are so consumed with yourself that you don't even know when he's grieved. You don't know. What does he say? If your presence doesn't go, forget it. We're not living. We're not moving from here. We are ready to die here if your presence will not go with us. So, he was addicted to God's presence. No wonder he could go up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights before God. Do you know why some of us struggle to spend time with God? We don't love him enough. If you want the truth, that's the truth. You don't love him enough. You love other things more. As for God, whenever it's convenient. Is it okay? To talk about this? Yeah. There is no way you will love somebody and you won't want to be in that person's presence. In fact, when you are together, time flies. And you are like, where is time going to? Huh? Have you been in love before? Don't look at me as if, what are you talking about? I don't know such things. <laughs> yes. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. Yes? So, you are together with someone you love. Time is never a factor. Why is time always a factor when you are with God? Doesn't that speak about your level of love for Him? I'm telling you, it does. It does. So what am I saying? Love him more. If you want to experience him more, you need to love him more. Love him more. You want to know him? It starts with love. It's a love affair. I'm telling you. It's a love affair. It's not about what he can do for you. It's about how much you can love him. It's about how much you can love him. How much do you love him? And you love him so much that you are ready to give up anything for him. Only you can answer that. Only you. Do you love his presence? That you will pursue it at all costs. Only you can answer that. Some of us love money more than God. So we will put in more to find money than to experience Him. May God help us. May God help us to break all these things. 
And I know the reason for that is because some of us have not been stirred up to a point where we believe, we feel that these things are possible or, or are even necessary. Because hmm? a lot of times you only hear messages about what God can do for you. Not about what you can do for God. Huh? And when I say do for God, I'm not talking about the, 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 the religion of works. That's not what I'm talking about. But how can you pursue? You know, when you, when you love someone, you go anywhere. You'll go anywhere. I remember when I was in courtship with my wife. Hey, time was never a factor. We, I will visit. We will... If we are spending, it doesn't matter how many hours. The whole weekend we can spend together. Just going, you know, we go to this event, we go anywhere, we just go. So far as we're together, I'm happy. Yeah? And before you know it, it's already night. So I have to go home. Why why do we have to part? Why can't this thing continue? No, I have to go home. I would drop her. I would drop her in a flat. Yeah. No no sleepover allowed. Yeah. Of course. That's a given. You know? I'll drop her. And then I'll walk her to, to her door. Huh? She gets in, I will get in. And we will continue talking. I'll walk out, go to my car, she'll walk me to my car. <laughs> and we will talk again. Then I say, oh, you have to go back, then I'll walk her back again. Huh? Yes? So time is not a factor. Time is not a factor when there's love. You, you, you tell me you're married, but you have no time for your spouse. There's something wrong with you. You're not okay. No, honestly, you're not okay. There's something wrong. You, the, the sooner you admit that it's a problem, the sooner you can get help. You enjoy other companies more. All right. If your presence does not go with us, (laughs) do not take us away from here. Moses was passionate about God's presence. Okay? And God says to him, I know you by name. I know you by name. Do you know that it's important? It's not for you to just say, I know God. If God does not say, I know you, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. Remember one of the things Jesus said about some preachers in the last day, they will come and say, I prophesied in your name. I casted out demons in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Huh? So I can, you, it is possible to have a mega church and Jesus does not know you. It's possible. 
It's possible to prophesy in the name of Jesus and not be known by Jesus. So what God just said to Moses is a big thing. To say, I know you by name. I know you. Does God know you by name? Does he know you by name? Oh, well, because of Jesus. Okay. All right. All right. Is it a form of godliness you have? Or do you have the real thing? Do you have the real thing? Or do you have a form of godliness? Because many people have a form of godliness. There is no power to change their lives. There is no power to make them like God. There is no power to make them what they are supposed to be. I know you by name. God is speaking to Moses. He says, I know you by name. I thank God for Jesus. But you know what? Look at verse 18. Even after the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, and you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name, Moses is not satisfied with that. Look at the next thing he says. Please show me your glory. Take me further. Say there are levels. levels. Take me further. Yeah. Now I know your presence, but I want to know your glory. Because there there are levels of knowing God. I'm telling you. As I walked in here... During the during the during the uh, the praise, the Lord just spoke to me. He says, "There are levels of knowing." He said to me, "There is knowing by presence, where you just know the presence of God, but there is more than that. In fact, there is knowing the voice of God, which is different, but knowing His glory is the ultimate." Adam in the garden. Adam in the garden, after he sinned, and the Lord came in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? Where are you? What did Adam do? He went to hide. He says, when I heard your voice. So he knew the voice. He knew the voice. There are some that don't even know his voice. You don't even know him to a point where you you can recognize his voice. When the devil is speaking, you think it's God. When your mind is speaking, you think it's God. Because you don't know him. You don't know his voice. And that's why people get deceived. Because somebody just comes and he speaks certain things. They just take it. They think it's God. And they don't know it's the voice of Satan. We need to know him fully. I'm telling you. We need to know him fully. Know his voice, yes. Know his presence, yes. But know his glory. You need to know his glory. You need to know his glory. Hmm? So you can know his voice to the point where you are able to prophesy. Do you know why? Jesus said that on the last day, some people will actually say they prophesied in his name. And it's not a lie. 
they knew his voice and could use his voice for their selfish benefits. They can use his voice to build their empire. Are you getting my point? They can use his voice to build their career or whatever you want to call it. Their enterprise. They can use his voice because they know the voice but he doesn't know them. He says, yeah, you did that but I don't know you. So you can't enter my kingdom. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So I want you to know, Moses said to God, show me your glory. Even though he knew the presence. He knew the presence so much that he says, I cannot go without this. Okay? I remember the first time I was introduced to God's presence in my teenage years. I'll be praying, praying. When his presence comes into my room, I run out. I used to run out because I, I was scared. It just comes in. <laughs> but later on I realized, no. This presence is not coming to destroy me. Amen? So I became, I came to know that presence. Whenever the presence is there, I know, okay, he's here. And guess what? It takes my prayer to another level. Because I know I'm dealing with a real person who is in the room with me. Amen? Amen. So I got to know that and I got to master that. Just like as I'm talking to you, he's here. He's here. But we need to go beyond that. That's good. But that's the beginning of the journey. Are you getting my point? Yeah. So Moses said, please show me your glory. He knew the voice. He knew the presence. But now he wants the glory. And look at what did God say? God speaks to him. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. What question? What did Moses ask for? God, what are you answering? Huh? Did you ever think about that? I used to wonder. Huh? Moses asked for Glory. What has that got to do with goodness? Huh? He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Yes? And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. That's the Lord talking. Show me your glory. Okay, Moses. You want to see my glory? I will make all my goodness pass before you. You want the glory? You need to know the goodness. 
those are part of the components of the glory. Those are the things that make God God. Because the glory is the real essence of who He is. Do you understand? Yeah. So, now make my goodness pass before you. Then He says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. It's part of glory. The name. The Lord. The Lord. He said, it will pass. And Moses is standing, waiting to see the glory. He's seeing goodness. He's seeing glory. Huh? But he's seeing goodness. He said, I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And then he says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. We're talking of glory. What is it about grace? You see? You want to know him fully. These are part of the things that you need to pursue. Are you getting my point? Yes. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So you cannot know his glory without knowing his compassion. Hallelujah. Let's read on. He says, But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. How many people have heard this being preached? Nobody can see God. Nobody can see God and live. That was before the new and living way. Because Paul saw the Lord. He saw God, right? He said, I received from the Lord Jesus. Uh, The night in which he was betrayed, I, I, I received from the Lord Jesus that which I declared to you. So he saw him. On the way to Damascus, he saw him. And yet, he didn't die. So, why can't you? Why can't you? Are you not hungry for it? If you're not hungry for it, you can't have it. But if you're hungry for it, he is available. You determine the level of your knowing God. Because he has made a way. Hallelujah. He has made a way. Then look at what he says. The next verse. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. Okay? And what? So it shall be while my glory passes by. While my glory passes by. That I will put you on the cliff of the rock. And will cover you with my hand. Yes? While I pass by. Now... Is up to your imagination how you want to picture that, right? Well, that then I will take away my hand and you will see what? My back. But my face shall not be seen. It was not yet time. Jesus had not yet come. So that time when God, when Moses sees God, even though the Bible says Moses spoke to God face to face, but there was always something covering. So Moses was tired of seeing this cloud around God all the time. Mm. Mm. Remove this thing. Let me see your glory. Mm. <laughs> Remove it. Yes. Let me see. Mm. So that's what God said. No. Mm. Amen. Mm. If you see, you will not live. Mm. 
God had experience with Enoch. Enoch saw and boom, he was taken. That face absorbed him. Power. Yes? So, you shall see what? My back. So, the question is, what's the benefit of seeing God's back? You don't know? I tell you. His back has to do with what he has already done. Come on. So it was when Moses saw the back that he saw Genesis. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And the earth without form was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Was he there? He saw the back. Hallelujah. So from the back of God, he could see from the beginning. He saw, he saw creation. He saw, you know, the patriarchs. He saw Abraham. He saw Isaac. He saw Jacob from the back. He saw Joseph from the back. All the whole of Genesis was a revelation from the back of God. So there is power even in seeing his back. So the Bible, you see, the Bible opens with a revelation. Many people have not thought about Genesis being a revelation. It opens with a revelation and closes with a revelation. Yeah. So the, 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 the revelation of Genesis came from the back of God. But the revelation of John came from the face of Jesus. It's time to know him fully. And we must press in, my people. To know him is vital. To know him is life. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus is praying the prayer, the high priestly prayer. He's praying there. This is the real our Lord's prayer. He is praying there and he says, this is eternal life. Jesus is talking to the Father. This is eternal life that they may, what? Know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is real life. To know God. To know the one and true God. If you know him, you will live. If you know him, you will live. If you don't know him, you will die. So you need to know him. Many people have died before their time because they do not know God. I'm telling you, there's life in knowing God. There's life in knowing God. So don't be satisfied with religion. Don't be satisfied with a form of godliness. Press in to know him for yourself. Touch somebody, touch somebody. Say, know him, know him, know him, know him. Yeah. You need to know him. You need to know him. So if Moses, looking at his back, could access all that revelation, he saw the details of creation. On the first day, on the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day, on the fifth day, on the sixth day. 
God rested. He saw all of that. Can you see? He didn't ask to see that. He only asked for the glory. But when you seek the glory, there are many things that come with that. Do you understand me? Many things come when you seek the right things. Many of us don't get the best about God or the best of God's blessing because our pursuit is wrong. I'm telling you, our pursuit is wrong. Lord, kill my enemy. For what? You are seeking the death of people. Instead of seeking to know God. Why do you want people to die? How does that improve your life? What does that add to your life? Tell me. How? Seek to know him. Seek to know him. Seek to know the glory. Many of you know his presence. Many of you know his voice. But do you know his glory? Show me your glory, Lord. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, show me your glory. I want to know your glory. I want to see your glory. Amen. That is a prayer of Moses. Hmm? That's, that's the name of Pastor Sam's TV program. Show me your glory. So, Lord, I want to see your glory. Is that your prayer? Is that your desire? Do you want to see his glory? Do you want to know his glory? If you know his glory, I'm telling you, there is no anointing that is up to the glory. There is no manifestation that is up to the glory. The glory is the ultimate. It's the ultimate. And that's where God is taking us. This move of God that God is preparing us for is going to be a move of the glory. Amen. Years ago, we were dedicating this place. Pastor Sam prophesied about the spark of glory. I don't know if you know that. It starts as a spark. But it doesn't remain a spark. Many of us allow things to shake us. We allow circumstances to shake us. We allow people's imperfections to shake us. We allow things to shift our focus from the glory. Please be focused on the glory. Amen. Stop looking at people. Stop looking at things. Be looking into his face. I say, Lord, I want to see. That which Moses could not see, I want to see. That which Moses could not see, I want to see. In the name of Jesus. There's a glory coming. And the Lord will have me say to you. You're carrying. You're carrying a glory carrier. You're carrying a glory carrier. The seed in your womb is going to manifest the glory of God to this generation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you to know that the glory is real. 
And we need it. Our generation needs the glory. We need his glory. I want to see his glory. I want to know his glory. I want to experience his glory. In the glory. I don't want to go into manifestations of glory. In the glory, anything can happen. Anything can happen in the glory. Seek the glory. Seek the glory. Make her post to her. Thank you, Father. I think I've said enough. We can continue next week. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on, talk to the Lord. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I want, to, I want your glory. I need your glory. Show me your glory. I want to see your glory. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.